the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning. It's good to see you, and I imagine we have uh, maybe a few more folks than usual joining us online, so welcome to you as well. I pray that uh, 2022 is off to a good start for you. I know in many ways it feels like a strange start. And I know for some of you it's been a genuinely rocky start. And I just want to personally add my thanks to those who serve here at Bethany in the Stevens ministry that was highlighted earlier. And let you know that we do have folks ready to come alongside anyone who's on a difficult path in this new year. As we look around at the state of our communities and our nation and our world, I think it's easy to become frustrated or disillusioned or discouraged. We seem to be so polarized as people, and any, any sense of unity seems like it's in really short supply. It's been a year since the riots at the U.S. Capitol a moment in our history that seemed to throw into sharp relief our our division, our disunity. And even now, our views back on that moment and, and answers to it, solutions for it, have us in such a range of, of positions and ideas that it might seem like common ground is impossible. Whether it's politics or COVID or education, For any of a long list of topics, disunity and polarization run rampant in our country. And we know that the church isn't immune to this kind of pressure, from this kind of difference of opinions and perspectives that can lead us into conflict. We sometimes, even in the church, end up picking sides, holding our ground, and even going after each other. Often this very place that we feel like should be an escape from what's going on out there, this place in the church, feels very much like what's going on out there. And so we work sometimes within the church. We work to build our unity. In our hearts, in our heart of hearts, we we know that we are called to be united as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And so... We work at it. We, we try to build unity. We try to find common ground, even when it doesn't seem to exist. And I think that's a good thing. I think anytime we can focus on breaking down any walls that unnecessarily divide us or try to come to a common understanding, I think it's a good thing. But I think it's very important for us to recognize as Christians that we don't have to build unity from scratch It's not something we need to develop out of thin air. Because if we look at the promises of Scripture, we see that in Christ, we actually have been given already the gift of unity. It's part of our identity as Christians. It's part of our our reality as being united to Christ in the body of Christ. And so really, I think our biggest challenge as the church and our biggest opportunity is often living into the gift of unity we've already been given. 
in the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, in the passage from 1 Corinthians 12 that was just read, we see that Paul makes it clear that when he talks about unity, he's not talking about uniformity. Unity isn't everybody looking the same or acting the same, thinking the same, having the same gifts and abilities. Paul says in his letter that we've actually been, been given very different gifts by one spirit. The body of Christ has been woven together with a fabric of incredible variety. We are members of the body of Christ, and we are not interchangeable. Paul says that to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good of all. And he goes on to list the incredibly wide and beautiful range of gifts that various members bring to the body, gifts of wisdom and knowledge and service and healing. And then Paul says, these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And then Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. As the body of Christ, our, our unity our unitedness, or you can think of it as our, our wholeness or our integrity, is a gift. It's a gift that's just as natural as the gift of an arm and a leg being united, knit together in one human body. Those body parts don't have to work at being part of the same body. An arm and a leg don't have to focus on that. Instead, the arm and a leg have to focus on doing their job, performing their task as part of that body, the functions they were created for. And they have to work at coordinating their efforts as well. Paul uses this beautiful and powerful image, this metaphor of the human body to explain the wonder and importance of difference and diversity within the body of Christ. Paul says, a, a body that's, that's just an ear or a body that's made up of just ears really isn't a body at all. It could hear really well, but that's all it could do. It couldn't move. It couldn't respond. It couldn't smell. It couldn't see. Paul says the parts of the body need each other, not in spite of their differences, but actually because they are different. Paul makes it clear that our gifts and abilities 
make us both valuable and vulnerable. Our gifts make us valuable because we have something to offer to the body of Christ, as Paul says, for the common good of everyone. And our difference in diversity actually makes us vulnerable as well because we can't do it all. We need each other. We rely on one another to come through and for each of us to do our part. If there are certain parts of the body that are missing or inactive, the whole body suffers. In this powerful image of the church, the body of Christ as a human body, Paul makes it clear difference is actually not the enemy of unity. Now, we understand this in in other contexts in our life. We understand that actually difference can be really helpful and powerful. If you think about sports teams, uh, maybe with the rare exception of like a synchronized swimming team, teams are built well when they have members with a range of gifts and abilities. An NFL kicker would probably not be a good defensive lineman, typically. If you look at a, a gymnastics team, you know that they're brought together people who have gifts and abilities in different disciplines of the sport. Those who research teams and teamwork and effectiveness have actually concluded that project teams that are made up of people representing different backgrounds, different perspectives, different points of view, actually achieve better results than teams that are made up of people thinking more uniformly or having a shared background. Now, those groups with more uniformity typically get along together better. And those groups that have more diversity and difference actually have to do some tougher work to be able to understand one another. Their work sometimes takes longer, but they actually produce better, more effective, more robust results. And this has been proven. What's important is having everyone on those diverse teams present, active, involved, and listened to. Now, when it comes to the church, some people might say, well, but if we're Christians, aren't we supposed to be united in in our faith, in our beliefs, in our thinking, even in the midst of these different gifts and abilities? And To some extent, the answer is absolutely yes. It is our faith, our common faith in Jesus Christ that unites us. This is what Paul wrote about in his letter to the Philippian Christians when he said, I want you to make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. Paul appeals to his brothers and sisters in Philippi asking them to be united in mind and heart and spirit. They are to be for each other, not against each other. But even here, Paul encourages and teaches unity, not uniformity. If we look at the book of Acts, the story of the early Christian church, and see how Paul himself interacted with fellow leaders in the church, we see that quite often, actually, his line of thinking was pretty markedly opposed to those uh, co-leaders of his. There were differences of opinion in in important matters. But we see that Paul, in his work with the church, always urged churches and groups 
toward listening to one another, toward discerning together the voice of the Spirit so that they could move forward, even from difference and division, to like-mindedness and purpose. <coughs> Excuse me. The church required united thinking and purpose, not rigid conformity to a lockstep um, way of thinking. Now, there are, of course, all, certain things that as Christians we affirm together. This is one reason, one reason we often recite together the Apostles' Creed. Not that it's a list of boxes we have to check in order to be considered appropriate or acceptable, but so that together we can articulate, often out loud, our shared beliefs and the tenets of our faith. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians that the gifts that are distributed by the Spirit to the members of the body of Christ are many and varied, but they are given by one and the same Spirit. By One Spirit is the title of a book written in 1962 by Carl Olson. It's a book chronicling the history of the Evangelical Covenant Church, the denomination to which Bethany Covenant Church belongs. And it's a fitting title for a book that's focused on the story of a denomination that has committed itself to focusing itself on a shared mission that's rooted in Scripture, to focusing on a conscious empowerment by the Holy Spirit, motivated by God's love for the church and for those who still need to hear the good news of Jesus, and offering freedom in some areas where other denominations might require more rigid conformity. An example of this freedom that we have in Christ and articulated as a denomination is uh, in the area of baptism. The Covenant Church chooses to honor and to baptize both infants and believing adults, where other churches may require one or the other. And this is just one example where the Covenant Church has chosen to, to live into the gift of unity and to focus on making and developing Christians and honoring Christ rather than on rigid doctrine. And so I don't believe this means we're part of a kind of a watered-down, wishy-washy denomination, or, or I wouldn't be here. I think instead it means that we choose to focus primarily on God's Word and on the mission God has given us together in the world. God's Word needs to be taught and lived by. People need to hear the good news and have an opportunity to respond, to come to new life in Christ through faith. The church does not exist for itself, but we've been given a holy purpose in the kingdom of God. We've been given the gift of unity as a church, and we've been given the gift of incredible diversity of gifts as individual members of this body. This is true in the church worldwide. It's true at the church here at Bethany Covenant. And we need this diversity of gifts. We need each other in order to accomplish the mission God's given us. At Bethany Covenant, we say that we are united to help people know God. We are united to help each other and others follow Jesus. We are united to serve our neighbors near and far. And we'll discover that this serving of one another's is not something we can do particularly well on our own. Next week, we'll begin a sermon series focusing on this part of our mission statement. 
that we want to be people who are serving our neighbors, whether they're just down the street or across the globe. And we'll discover that there are times when we are not only united for service, but even in the act of serving together, we are given the opportunity to build our unity. We're given the gift of unity by service. I think that, that there are times when I've grown closest to my brothers and sisters in Christ haven't necessarily come when we've sat down across from each other and tried to iron out our differences, but it's when we're more side by side, working shoulder to shoulder, focusing on someone else, focusing on serving someone else. I think about opportunities I've had to serve on uh, as a youth volunteer in my church, working on a team committed to seeing God do amazing things in the lives of students. I think of times I've been on mission trips, literally shoulder to shoulder with someone in a ditch as we dig a trench in Guatemala to help a sister church who's working to expand their, their physical facilities. We often grow closer to one another by together facing out and serving others. I invite you to join us over these coming weeks as we dig into what it means for us to, to live into our unity that we've been given as a gift as members of the body of Christ, to live into our mission that Christ has given his church as we reach out to our neighbors near and far. Friends, we have been united in Christ. We are members of one body, and sometimes that gets a little uncomfortable. The arm doesn't get to choose which legs it's connected to. And sometimes we live into that tension of saying, really, this is, this is our body, this is our family? And the answer is yes. And so let's offer one another gifts of grace and space, even as we stay connected. Let's prove trustworthy to each other in our relationships and conversations. Let's focus on being united in our mission, in our purpose, looking to Christ himself who is our head. Would you join me in prayer? Loving God, Father, we thank you for uniting us in your son, Jesus, for remarkably and miraculously knitting us into one body of many members with Christ himself as our head. God, thank you for the incredible diversity of gifts you've given us by your Spirit. Help us to use them to serve you well as we serve alongside one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.